Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello everyone and welcome back to More Than Amuse. I'm Stani. And I am Sadie and today is our bonus episode for our newest addition to our book club, our feminism and women and the arts book club. There's probably a catchier name for that, but it's fine. We don't have one, so that is what it is. <laughs> currently. But hey, you know what? If you've been following along with the books you've been reading, or we've been reading, maybe you've been reading them too. I don't know. Basically, you could have an amazing collection. Oh, totally. An amazing was, bookshelf. <laughs> I was looking at it today because I have all of the ones for the podcast like stacked in a neat little pile together. Love that. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is so cool. I have like a little feminist arts library right yes. here. Yes. Yeah, of all these different topics. Like, it's very fun. And the thing that I love about this book is this is, like, the most beautiful, like, coffee table book. This is the kind of book that you display. It's stunning. The title page alone, where it, like, spans the two pages and just, like, big letters. The Women Who Revolutionized Fashion, 250 Years of Design. Like, I am not a graphic designer, but this graphic designer popped off with this book. Oh, they did. They did phenomenal. And it's just so fun. Like, Because you just flip uh, through all the beautiful pictures and literally it's just pages and pages of forgotten women artists and fashion designers. And we've talked about this. I mean, the reason why we decided to pick this book is because we really haven't This is like the one art medium that I don't think we've really hardly dived into until this last week with the Met Gala. But even then, we like briefly touched on it. Like, Mm -hmm. I also feel like it's the one we know the least about. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why we haven't like, I have major respect for fashion design. I feel like the only reason we've kind of like overlooked it is just because I feel so, yeah, like. Yes not qualified at all to talk about it (laughs) but that's actually one of the things I love most about this book so like I said it's called the women who revolutionized fashion 250 years of design yes and it's edited by Petra Slinkard with contributors Madalie Fo, Lan Morgan, Paula B. Richter, Petra Slinkard and Rachel Syme yes and my favorite thing about it is that it has like some opening parts but then once you get to like page 30 it just dives into individual women who made contributions into the world of fashion for the rest of it and And there's so many women it's so cool like obviously it starts out with like elizabeth keckley and then gabrielle coco chanel but I mean, then yes. later on, it also has like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, which I love. I know. I thought that was cool too. <laughs> yeah. 
Just and, so cool. Um, So random one that I was looking through. I mean, I didn't get to read the summary on all of these women because there's like a lot. There's over a hundred women here, mm-hmm. which is insane. But like one of them from obviously very early in the 1900s, Lucy Duff Gordon, she was a survivor of the Titanic. Oh, wow. Like she made it on a lifeboat and made it out. And I'm like, how insane is that? And there's... Just so many like cool little stories just mentioned throughout it with, of course, also mentioning their amazing significance to the world of design. I love that, especially like Elizabeth Keckley is someone who I mentioned that podcast that I was talking about. I've really been trying to learn more about fashion. <laughs> and so that <laughs> podcast I mentioned like Dressed, how I wanted to eventually do an episode on Elizabeth Keckley. She yeah. was born into slavery and then ended up being like Mary Todd Lincoln's dress designer but then didn't she like write a memoir type about her experience in the white house that and what she wrote i was reading here like caused her to be like i think fired from the white house because it was kind of controversial the things that she was saying about the lincolns is that crazy yeah that's absolutely it said let me read this it says to leave yeah yeah in 1868 she published behind the scenes or 30 years a slave and four years in the white house considered one of the most candid and poignant of narratives of an enslaved person the book included details about the lincoln family that while never disputed were considered controversial and corkley was forced to leave the capital i was like what oh my goodness. that's insane that is so crazy oh the capital's a little too touchy in my opinion from yes. all the people we've talked about <laughs> honestly the amount of like also like the woman who literally invented fashion shows lucy duff gordon yeah so cool she called them mannequin parades but it was literally like young women dressed in the latest styles with special music and lighting so a fashion Pretty show much a fashion show even hiring like interior decorators to create like elegant retail environments like it's literally everything that still exists today uh-huh. and i love this quote by her as the sculptor sees his dreams translated into line and the painter sees his in terms of color so mine were expressed in the drapery of the wisp of chiffon or the fall of a satin fold that is a nice quote i love, love that, that. Uh huh. i also did like like you mentioned at the beginning of the book there are like there's a director's forward acknowledgements mm-hmm. of course but there's also these essays that are included and i didn't read through all of them but there are a couple quotes that i just wanted to mention because they're just so good and so this one is called women wearing women by rachel Mm -hmm. syme and she really just brings up the concept of like women designers probably know how to dress women the best so i'm gonna read a couple things it is such a basic argument that women knowing themselves may in turn know best how to design clothes for other women it seems almost ludicrous to state it but here we are in 2020 reckoning with the fact that over the last century so many of the designers famous for innovating women's fashion were men dior balenciaga saint laurent so many more of course there were women who broke through through as a result of sheer will chanel Prada, but for every Chanel who became a galactic brand, there is a Valentina forgotten and overlooked. Their crinolines crumbling in an attic somewhere, which earlier in it, it talks about Valentina and Hepburn. One more thing I just had to say, um, the design innovations that have come from women, be it Donna Caron's creation of the capsule collection, Hene Mori's playful use of textiles, Vivian Westwood's punkish batwing blazer, Anne Demuel Meester's gothic black woolens, 
Prada's reclamation of classical Italian suiting, Phoebe Philo's minimalist neutral cottons, or Ri Kawakubo's grand, grandiose grandiose forays into fantastical and sometimes even ugly deconstructivism that's a lot of big words but anyways <laughs> feel almost as if they began from the inside out the clothes don't exist to shape the woman the woman exists to shape the clothes and i just love that love so that. much it's so true like who knows better how to create clothes for a woman than a woman who's actually wearing the clothes yeah Ugh. um and then I'm so sorry. One more thing from a different essay that's kind of speaks to the function of this book. I think also it was an exhibition that they turned into a book. Like, I think this is like the. That would make sense. Yes, because in these essays, that's what they're referring it to. But so she said, we want to address three key questions. Do female designers design differently for women than their male colleagues? How does being a woman affect their creation what is their vision of fashion? There are, of course, no simple answers, and it is dangerous to generalize, but it is certainly striking that many female designers work on the hand, heart, and head principle. Hands, because many of them care deeply about the technical design process and shape their material by hand around the female body. Heart, because they work from feelings and attach great importance to mobility, physicality, and comfortable fit. And head, because many female designers use clothes as a medium to express their social opinions. In addition, some of these designers create very conceptual works that depart from conventions and shun the so-called male gaze, thus dressing women without objectifying them. At long last, now is the time to celebrate the women who revolutionized fashion, which I, I love loved. Yeah, I just I just loved it. Oh, that's incredible. And it's so true. Like to think of all of the names we hear about all the time in fashion, like the big ones. Mm-hmm. And then like how many of these women have just been completely ignored. Yeah. <laughs> And I also love, like, it has a lot of pictures where it blows up, like, up close, like, the detail and stuff in some of them. And Yes. Like, full spreads of different fashion shows or dresses on mannequins. Like, I feel like it allows you to really see, like, the artistry that goes into something like this. I absolutely agree. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you, like, think about embroidery and you're like, oh, it's pretty. But you don't think about the fact that someone actually had to, like, do that first before it could ever be mass produced. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I was reading through one of them and I should have marked it because I don't remember who it was. But it, like, talked about the fact that, like, she was the first person to, like, figure out how to cut against the grain of the fabric in a very specific way so that it could like lay and drape and be folded in a certain way and I was like wow I really absolutely know nothing about this whole concept of fashion design because that's not even something that was on my radar is like something we that had to be discovered you know agreed oh my gosh it's crazy to think about too because it's it's weird to me (laughs) that even in these like more womanly professions where they're like oh like making clothes yeah or like cooking that it's still once it gets to the professional level is still so ridiculously male dominated despite the fact that at like a more basic level you don't go to like a male seamstress to get your wedding dress you know fitted like I've never heard of anyone actually meeting with a male seamstress (laughs) for alterations there's probably some out there but like that's not who's doing it at the lower level. So it's weird that like when it comes to that high level of profession, it's men that are dominating the industry. The field still. Yeah, absolutely. I do have to give ourselves a shout out because we did kind of talk about 
fashion design in one of our episodes, which is Weaving Women, which is the history of textile design, where we talk about that a lot, just about the fact that first off, like the concept of like high art versus low art. And it's kind of funny how, yeah, if it's like a high art medium, like high fashion or things like it tends to be so male dominated, but then the lower art, which is, you know, embroidery and almost like crafting. I think that was mainly the focus of that episode, but I think it seeps into fashion design here, which like exactly like you said, the people who are in charge and are like the superpowers of the fashion world are so male dominant when it's like, isn't like they're all dressing women like that. That's the main point here. Like, yeah, it's just interesting. No, agreed. So true. And also that's a good episode. You should go listen to it. I didn't get to this, but the a model with the dress that's on the cover is oh, by yeah. Iris Van Herpen on Ooh. page 139, and that is a stunning dress. So beautiful. I mean, absolutely perfect for the cover. It looks like origami. It doesn't even look like fabric. No, absolutely not. I'm like still like struggling to figure out how how it exists and what it is <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> um another thing that i really liked it's on page 150 it's for katherine hamnet um all it says so like the t-shirts say like clean up or die save the future and it says this quote just says fashion is a great tool for putting across political ideas in writing you can't not read messages on t-shirts <laughs> which very very true oh, that is so true you always read a t-shirt always Uh uh-huh it's also cool to see like some of the more well-known models that show up in here yeah uh carly Kloss is on a spread (laughs) yeah i know that's what i was thinking i'm like oh like i maybe know i have some familiarity with the world of fashion because i'm recognizing some people in here even if it is just the models and maybe i know her just because she's taylor swift's ex-best friend i don't know yeah or michelle obama (laughs) yes uh uh-huh she has one it's just really cool I know it's an amazing book and I also feel like it's a very easy one for you to like read parts of casually yeah like because it's a different woman and then it has like a couple of paragraphs if that yes. sometimes they only have like a paragraph about them um it's really easy to like use that as a starting point for learning about more female fashion designers that you didn't know about before but in a very easy like digestible way and like I said you can put it on your coffee tables and everyone who comes into your home says wow are you a feminist and then you say yes Yes. and i heard about this book from this amazing podcast called more than amuse (laughs) and And then you benefit and we benefit (laughs) and just think about like the yeah the conversation starters we've got there anyways lots of them even like they don't have a paragraph about her but like betsy johnson like i've heard that name so many times but i realized i know nothing about her life Oh, yeah. She, like, the really, really colorful, like, neon, mm-hmm. crimped hair. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I keep flipping to that page. It's so, it's so good. So amazing. It's like, I need to read more about Betsy Johnson because they've, like, heard about her and heard about her bags. But, and, like, Vivian Westwood. Very well-known names and then very not-so-well-known names that you can learn about both. Exactly. There is this one paragraph, perhaps I should have started this, from the director's forward, but it's just kind of like a notes on fashion. I'm going to read this last thing, just because there's just so many good little nuggets in these essays. But Mm -hmm. about fashion, they say, 
Of all the arts, of all the manifestations of culture, none touches us quite the way fashion does. It envelops us intimately, providing practical protection from the elements and ensuring our comfort. Garments are usually psychological armor and a social pronouncement, clothing us in the courage to launch ourselves into the day and broadcasting to the world how we would like to be seen. Before they know who we are, people around us take in what we wear, uniform or sackcloth, plumage or rags. Fashion also, of course, represents a major segment of the world economy, satisfying a seeming inexhaustible thirst for novelty and necessity in shops on the pages of magazines and websites which i just thought that was like a cool way of like it's our psychological armor our social pronouncement like really like this is the art medium that i mean for one thing everyone can almost like take a hand at choosing how they express themselves with but also plays such a crucial role really in the way that the world views us incorrectly or correctly of course like people are obviously judgmental sometimes incorrectly but it's just interesting yeah I also like with saying that it is kind of the most accessible yeah art medium because yeah it does cost money but like you have to buy clothes no matter what no matter what yeah and so you pick out what you wear like you get a say in what you end up wearing and that's part of participating in fashion even if you don't know that much about it exactly and like how you choose yeah no matter what you choose whatever you like to wear it is it's some form of outward expression yeah even if you're steve jobs who just wore black turtlenecks (laughs) probably very expensive black turtlenecks (laughs) he was still participating in fashion and like portraying the way he wanted to be viewed by the world yeah it's just really interesting I know. I feel like now I have to almost fight the impulse now for all of our immediate future episodes to just be fashion designers because I know now I can just look through immediately <laughs> and see who these women are and the amazing art they created. Um, You'll notice with this month, with this book being there, I spotlighted a YouTuber who focuses on fashion, a podcast <laughs> that talks about fashion. <laughs> and then we did a Met Gala episode. I've been way more interested in it lately just because I feel like it's so... I know nothing about it, and yet we all use it, right? Yeah, all, yeah, absolutely. Every day. It reminds me of that quote from, like, The Devil Wears Prada, where she tells her that, like, the shirt she's wearing was chosen by yeah. millions of board members until it passed down and got to her, to the point that, like, even if you don't care about fashion, you're still the product of the industry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually think, yeah, I watched The Devil Wears Prada, like, the, for the first time a month ago. I don't know how it took me so long to see that movie, but I finally mm-hmm. did. I remember that. I was like, wow, stupid Anne Hathaway being so stuck up about fashion. <laughs> when it's me every day who's like, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> oh, I don't saying I know anything. No, I, yeah. I barely know how to dress myself in a way that I like, but. Agreed. Or like, I, yeah, I don't know how people like put outfits together. That's the most like mystifying thing in the world to me. Same. If I could have but any skill. Like, how do you do it? Actually, if I could have, if I had all the money in the world, I would hire a designer. I would hire someone to do all my shopping for me and say, this is going to look good on you. Perfect. That is same. That is if I had like three wishes from a genie, that would be one of my wishes. Yeah, agreed. I think I like said it once. I was like, if I just had someone who could take care of all my fashion, someone to cook all of my meals and then someone to decorate my house. I can handle everything else, <laughs> but just like but just those. take care of all of that. And then like, I'll finally like feel like I've got my life together. <laughs> and then there's me like scrolling through TikTok and like faving all the videos, but like 
capsule wardrobe as if I have, you know, the spare income to go buy myself a whole new wardrobe. But you know what? We're one day. <laughs> but it would be nice, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hire a stylist. I saw like a stylist talking about what she does for her clients on TikTok. And I was like, oh, I want dream. that. Also, very random. I did see a girl. Okay, I'm going to see if I can. Oh, I don't think I'll be able to find her right now. I'll probably do a shout out for her in a future artist spotlight because I cannot remember her name at all right now. But it is a girl who has started a business where she knows your body shape and like knows like what colors you are tells you what styles look best on you or would look best on you i think i saw the same one you yeah and i was like i'm actually like what like that would be i would love that that would be worth it to me (laughs) it's like yes please tell me so i think that's awesome yes i'll have to like spotlight her i think i saw that tiktok and i was like that is incredible like Mm -hmm. just having someone be like okay this is what like you should wear you know because not that I need to be like told what I can and can't wear but like it would be it would be great actually if someone made those decisions for me absolutely and also too when people are like oh well this is like kind of like shapes that look good on this body shape or this like skin tone and I'm like I have literally no idea what my body shape or skin tone is like do I have yellow undertones I don't know I need someone else to look at me and tell me I saw like that filter that's going around where like there's colors all around oh, yes. and it's like warm winter, warm spring, cool winter, cool summer. And I was looking at it and I put my face in it and I was like, I can't tell. Like I, I have no can't idea tell. what looks best. Like, yeah. What little square is supposed to be mine? I don't know. Like I literally yep. have no idea. So I, I also struggle. Yeah. So besides the point, <laughs> but still fun to talk about. Yeah. Go check out this book, everyone. It's really good and an essential, I would say, if you're trying to grow your feminism art book collection. I think it's a great starter for just like fashion design in general that is seen in a feminist perspective, which of course we will always choose the one that has a feminist perspective over the other. Check it out. So many great names. You're probably going to see a few of them popping up in later episodes, of course, Mm because now that we've been introduced, we're going to want to talk about them. Yep. And we will be back Monday with our regularly scheduled episode and another ignored woman from history yes and it's fun because she is a fashion icon even though she was not known for her fashion so great little tie-in yes absolutely cool Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.